Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So welcome to a special edition of the Science of Sport podcast with myself, Mike Finch. And every so often we get a chance to do an exclusive interview with somebody of interest in the world of uh, sports science and uh, something related to some of the themes that we talk in our main podcast. And on this occasion, we've had the opportunity to speak to one of uh, South Africa's uh, best ultra-distance runners, Jenna Talanor. Now, Jenna has a great story because just a few weeks ago from us recording this podcast today, um, Jenna was competing in the Comrades Marathon. And for those of you that live in South Africa, they will tell you that it is a 90-kilometer ultra-distance race over very hilly terrain in the province of KwaZulu-Natal here in the sort of east coast of South Africa. For the rest of the ultra-distance world around the world, you could probably talk about the Comrades in the same space that you talk about Ultra-Trail Mont Blanc and uh, the other big ultra-distance races around the world. So the Comrades Marathon really regarded probably as the biggest ultra-marathon very much on the road compared to any other ultra-marathon um, uh, globally. So a lot of respect for the race. And in South Africa, it's a race that is televised throughout the day. There's always been tremendous stories of of drama and uh, lots of drama to be seen on our television screens throughout the day. It celebrated its 95th anniversary this year. So lots of history with that race as well. And this year, it was the down run. So the down run happens from the capital of the province of KwaZulu-Natal, from Peter Maritzburg, and runs down towards the coast, down to Durban, where it finishes. And then the next year, they have an up run, which goes from Durban to Peter Maritzburg but the distance remains roughly around about 90 kilometers or 56 miles and uh, it is a day of massive drama not only for the elites that race the race and want to win and get amongst the top prizes for but for the 15 odd thousand runners that uh, just want to finish it is a big day of running so lots of respect lots of history for this race and Jenna is one of the most popular athletes in the province of KwaZulu-Natal she's very well known she's run uh, the Two Oceans Ultra before got gold medals and that. She's only won one Comrades. She's only run one Comrades before 2022. That was in 2019 when she again finished in seventh place. A great result for her. And at the age of 40, um, having participated in marathons and represented South Africa at the World Championships, she has a strong pedigree in terms of her experience both on the road and in ultra-distance races. So the story with Jenna is that on the day of the Comrades Marathon, uh, she got just to the entrance of the stadium where the uh, marathon and finishes the Moses Mabida Stadium. And as she entered the little tunnel that goes underneath the stadium, she seemed to slip and uh, fell down and uh, couldn't really get up because the legs were pretty tired and she just couldn't get up. She had to crawl across the barriers. And with the help of uh, one of the security personnel there and the barriers themselves, she managed to push herself up onto her legs again and keep going. And uh, this was all, of course, televised live um, on our screens here in South Africa. So you can imagine how television audience enjoyed the drama 
drama of a, a top-ranked woman really struggling over this last sort of kilometre or so. And uh, you can see that uh, as she gets into the stadium, the legs are a bit wobbly, and but she's still keeping to going. Everything seems to be quite good with her other than the legs. She's not delirious and, hob- and sort of stammering around, but she's definitely struggling a bit. And then she gets about 10 metres away from the line and collapses again. And after numerous attempts from runners around her to try and get her back on her feet, um, she eventually decides that she's uh, the best way to get to the finishing line is to crawl. And she does. She crawls to the finishing line and uh, just collapses on her back. As, she, as soon as she finishes, um, she gets a hug from the third-placed woman who is from the same team as herself. And then her family arrive, and uh, there's lots of hugs and uh, embraces on the finishing line. Quite an emotional time. Um, but we thought we'd sp- talk to Jenna because... What's interesting is, first of all, what happened to her, and because she has a lot of experience, to get her to explain what it felt like, um, particularly in that last 400 metres, but what led up to that point where she collapsed on the track, and uh, what happened to her in terms of making the decision to decide to crawl. Um, And that's always an interesting one when you look at some of the top-class athletes because they're racing for position. So here is a story about Jenna's crawl at the Comrades Marathon 2022. So welcome, Jenna, to the Science of Sport podcast. Um, as many of you asked in South Africa, watched you on that uh, final probably 400 metres of the Comrades Marathon when you collapsed um, just as you entered the stadium, managed to get up again, and then it collapsed again about 20 metres away from the finishing line. Just kind of run us through, first of all, you know, how when did your legs start kind of really struggling? Because you seemed to be quite with it at the end, but it was just the legs that kind of were, were gone. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mark, for having me on. Um, so, yeah, I was 100% with it the whole way. Um, the race was going all according to plan. I was absolutely loving it. The first 65Ks, I felt super strong. And then it was just so weird. I went from, like, super strong to broken. <laughs> but in the last 20Ks were exceptionally hard. So the rest of the world saw the last sort of two, 300 meters, but I had been suffering for a good 20Ks, but I mean, I think that's the Comrades Marathon and it's just the down run, which is brutal. Um, and then when I got to the tunnel, um, I think there was a bit of water, I may I stand to be corrected, but on the floor um, and that concrete is, is smooth and very slippery um, and I slipped. And I think that first fall really did my my quads, uh, my legs. I couldn't get up, as you saw, I crawled over and I pulled myself up. And then I think, yeah, I, I remember getting to the grass and just saying to myself, okay, well, just go slowly because you don't fall again. And I don't know if I said I, I made it just before the finish of my body went, okay, we're going down. <laughs> or else I don't, my legs just my legs just gave in. I had been cramping a lot for the last 20Ks. Um, I don't know if those on the field were cramps or it was just complete um, neural fatigue and the body just went down. But it's very scary, to be honest, when you're 100% there mentally and you're going, right, uh, get up, go, run, and your body won't respond. Um, So eventually when I couldn't get up, I had no idea where the next person behind me was, how far back they were or how close. So I knew I had to get across the line and I would have rolled if I had to roll. (laughs) So when it came to crawling, I crawled and I was like, okay, well, just you've lost all dignity. Just remember to smile at least. (laughs) Um, and people have been asking me, like, are you really embarrassed in crawling? I'm absolutely not embarrassed. I really don't. I, I don't mind how I finished. Um, obviously, it's not the finish I had in mind. I had in mind putting my arms up and, like, everyone finishes all happy and excited. But 
it is what it is. I got across the line. I, I held my fourth position, which is what I was trying to in the end. And I got there and I'm super proud of it. If I had to crawl, I had to crawl. <laughs> well, you've only done two Comrades Marathons and this is obviously an improvement on your first one. I think you were six or seventh, weren't you, on your first one? Yes, I've only done two. My first one was 2019. Run, that was my debut. Um, and then we had COVID. So obviously we haven't had Comrades since then. And I came sixth in that one. So that's, yeah, it's an improvement, fourth. So tell us about your your tactics on the day because there's obviously lots of different ways that athletes approach this sort of event, whether you're racing it or just running your own race. When you're racing for the positions that you are, you're looking for your top three or top five, are you racing it or are you just doing it based on the pace that you think you can maintain for the entire race? To be honest, an ultra marathon in my eyes is too far to race other people. You have to, in my opinion, you have to run what you've, trained your body to be able to run you have to go into it with a race plan which is what i do i go into it with a race plan and i follow it very strictly um later on in the race after 65 70 k's you are aware of where you're coming and obviously then places do come into place um and but you're also kind of in survival mode there so you're running the best you can and what your body can do and what you've trained it to do and how the race is unfolded um so I don't think in an ultra marathon you race as such. You run your race plan, you race your race plan, and if you can execute that to the best of your ability, it get the race and the positions and they unfold for themselves. And obviously if you left with the last bit last couple of Ks and there's someone next to you, you're gonna race them. But that's yeah. that's the way I I also I always start quite reserved um, and like to build into the race. That's just how I run, how I always have run. So you'll always notice I'll be quite far back and then slowly make my way through the field, which, which yeah, that's part of how I run. So how do you work out based on, I mean, obviously you don't run the comrades distance in training. How do you work out your pace strategy, uh, particularly for that first half or three quarters of the race before you are potentially in contention for placing in the event? Well, it's very difficult with the up, with the down run, to be honest. Compared to the up run, it caused me a lot of stress, to be honest, because the up run, it's very easy to get into an average pace and off you go because you're running uphill and whether it's downhill is okay, great, your pace will come down a bit. So it, I found it very easy. And if you go back and look at my up run, my splits were almost dead flat. The, 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 from start to finish, my pacing was amazing. It was really good. Apparently, it was the most regular and if that's what you can call, call it. But the down run, um, obviously, because there's so much up for the first 50Ks of the down run that you have to work out your app, but then there's also quite a lot of downs. So to work out how fast to run those ups or how slow to run those ups and how fast to run the downs to get your average pace is quite tricky to get that. So the first 20, I found quite mentally draining to try and hit that pace. But once you're on pace, then 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 the race unfolds but it, yeah it's 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 much more technical the down than the up um in pacing so why not run it based on your heart rate effort for instance rather than your pace per kilometer uh, i don't know i don't i don't i don't train like i don't train i train aware of my heart rate rate and i've used it a lot in my comeback from long covid i've, I've learned a lot and i watched it a lot and i've learned um about it but i've never raced your heart rate so yeah. I wouldn't have changed now for I wouldn't change something now. 
Well, you've just touched on you, you, you've just touched on something that I wanted to get onto. It's a good segue into it. Um, you suffered from long COVID uh, for much of 2021. Just tell us a bit about that journey because it was quite tough for you, from what I gather from your social media. It it was brutal. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm not a sissy. And my whole family had it, but none of them got long COVID. COVID, and I remember saying um, to the doctor, the cardiologist, like like me and my husband, I'm I'm so much fitter than him at the at this present moment. How come he's so fun, and I'm the one that's taken the, the huge like, pounding? But I think with with that variant, the fitter you were, the fitter people seem to take more strain at that particular time. Um, so. I had COVID and then I did the whole two weeks off. I remember even speaking to Ross Tucker, like giving me advice, how to come back slowly and not to push it. And I honestly did all that because I was determined not to hurt my heart. Went for ECGs, went to a cardiologist, had to wear a monitor on for, for a week to monitor everything. And then it just, just I, I couldn't get over it. I, I would promise you, Mark, I'd run down the road for 200 meters and my heart rate would go to 198. I'd have to stop wow. and get it done. I couldn't even get through four kilometers, but that wasn't it. I'd get home and I'd be so smashed that I'd have to get into bed for the whole day. I couldn't wake up in the morning. I literally couldn't wake up. I'm a morning person. I'm up and like five o'clock goes and I'm up. It was, it just was relentless. And I just, I had no energy. I couldn't do anything. It went on and on. And obviously I'm a professional athlete, so I can't just sit there going, well, I hope it's going to get better. I had to keep, I'd wait while then I'd keep trying. Um, and then I'd, I'd keep trying and and hope it um, came right. And it only really came right in, in about December. Over Christmas time, I started to be able to run a bit and not have to sleep the whole day afterwards. And then I slowly built on it. So from August, September, October, December, for five months after having long COVID, like being able to do, literally do nothing, my body was steamrolled to to nothing. I pretty much. So this comrades, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of myself. I started. Usually you start from a block and you just build up. I literally started from zero. When I say it steamrolled over me, I, I'm not lying. I'm not asking for attention. I'm not asking for any extra accolades. I'm just telling the truth. So I built from, we started from the, the ground up. And yeah, I actually thought my running career was over. I never thought I'd, I'd ever get back up to elite level. So I don't know I don't know if you saw any of the, the start line photos. I, I looked like a flipping Cheshire cat smiling. <laughs> that was literally because I was just so in awe that I'd got to the start line. Whatever came, came. But I, I'd got there and I was ready to run. And yeah, it was something I didn't think I'd ever be able to do again. Is it, I mean, in something like that, when you come back from there, just talk us through some of the psychology. Because as you just touched on, it must have been very tough for somebody as active as you suddenly to be able to do nothing and then to think, is my running career over for good? I mean, were, were there thoughts of saying, this? I might not be able to run competitively again? Yeah, absolutely, there were. I, I wouldn't say I was a very nice person. I <laughs> think my husband needs a freaking trophy. <laughs> um, there was, you know, like, I, I've clawed my way back from many injuries. I've clawed my way back from loads of ups and downs. So it's not like I've had a smooth smooth um journey so I, I was kind of used to it um um but to feel so helpless and your body just has nothing it's just bizarre and you because it's such an unknown thing like we don't know we don't know a lot about COVID or the after effects you don't know what it's going to be like so I guess I had to just quite try and keep quite a positive mindset and just keep chipping away and and hope that I would come back and 
look, if I didn't, there was nothing I could do about it, but I wasn't going to give up. I, I wanted to try as long and as hard as I could. And then in like January, February, I felt the turn. I suddenly felt the turn and I was like, ah, oh, I can feel some strength coming back. And that was like a little flame that ignited that, hey, this might still be possible. Um, keep going. And yeah, I just kept building on that. So talk us through, I mean, your journey as an athlete, because it's interesting that you've obviously come from a, a very good, um, you know, done track and you've done shorter distances and then you've done marathon, you represented South Africa at the World Championships as well. So you've got, you're an accomplished athlete across all those distances. Just talk us through the differences between, first of all, the training that goes into an ultra distance race versus a marathon race, for instance. Is there a, a massive difference in the training that you do? So I'm not a track athlete. I've never come from the track. Um, KZN has a bare minimum of probably two track meets a year. <laughs> There's nothing. And I went to Durban Girls College. I played all sports. So I basically ran on my fitness of all sports. I never trained. I only really trained after school. Um, so I didn't have that track background that the superstars like Renee Coleman and them have. I wish I did. But in KZN, there's nothing. Even for my daughter now, um, she'll run three 1,500-meter races in the beginning of the year, and that's the track season done. I mean, how do you improve on that? So it's yeah. very sad. But anyway, there was cross-country, and I loved that. But your question, training for marathons and ultra-marathons, um, there's a big difference between training from for 10s and 21s to training for marathons and ultras. But training for marathons and ultras, I do the same. I like my training for, for marathons, and I do the same. The only thing I change is I make the longer runs longer for the ultra marathons. Yeah. yeah. And um, I do a lot more paced long runs for marathons, whereas the ultras is, I don't do as many paced long runs because it's obviously a lot longer. Yeah. Just give us an idea of what those long runs are. I mean, how, how far do you run in a long run? What's your longest long run? So the longest long run I did was 64 Ks and I did it on the Comrades route from the start to the top of Field Hill. Um, and I did that four weeks before. Um, and yeah, that went really well. The pace is obviously a lot slower because it's more just time on your legs. Um, and then I did a couple of, I did 250 Ks, two, 151 and 150. I did a 48K and I did a whole bunch of 30 something Ks. Um, yeah. But yeah, the longest one is 64. And I think I should possibly have time on the legs. So I get to 65Ks absolutely fine in a much faster pace in comrades, but then the legs fall off. So I think I definitely need more time on the legs. It's hard, though, because it's it's such a fine line. You, you're balancing being able to train and do your speed work and the long stuff and not put too much strain on your body, recover properly, because obviously I'm older now, so recovery is huge, um, and I have to focus a lot more on recovery. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a balancing act trying to figure out just as how much you can do. And I obviously don't like, I don't like big mileage. My body doesn't respond to it. Um, whereas some people can go and run 250 Ks a week. I don't run and run that mileage, but they possibly need it or, or like it. Um, it's, everyone's different. I guess different, different things work for different people. So when you talk about the, that time on the legs, um, just time versus your race time, what, 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 give us an idea of what your pace is during the race, I mean, you're you're running about four fifteen a k on Comrades Day, and then how yeah. would how would your how would your time on the legs pace compare to that? So that's why it was so easy. <laughs> the the sixty four k when I finished the t training run, I, I said to Peter, oh, "I'll see you at 80. I was just joking when I went past him um, because I was so fun and it felt so easy. But that was four forty five a 
the average pace as opposed to 415. So it's a massive difference. And that's why it was so easy for me. But it gave me a much longer time on my legs for that 65Ks. I mean, it gave me, I think it gave me five and a half hours, if memory serves me correct, as opposed mm-hmm. to if I'd run 415, a kilometer for 65Ks. So mm-hmm. it, it gives you the longer time on your legs, but you're obviously running a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Hey, you said just a few moments ago, in terms of your running, you don't run as much as some running specific people. Just talk about the other training that you do. How do you, what other training oh, okay. do you do and how does it work? Okay, so um, I train two times a day mainly, sometimes three. Um, I'll do two gym sessions a week, um, which focuses a lot on um, like strength, biomechanics, um, eccentric loading for the down run. Um, and I love my bio sessions. So, and I'll do two speed sessions and a long run and running, and then obviously the easy runs in between. Um, and then my cross training sessions, I will swim or bike as the third session for the day. Um, and those are all just easy recovery sessions, um, enjoyable. <laughs> the, the swimming, if Brett gets to the pool, it's not such fun because then he tries to beat me. <laughs> and I beat him on the road, so and he thrashes me in the pool, but I'm super competitive, so I'll give him a good go. <laughs> Well, obviously, your husband is a very accomplished uh, lifesaver, isn't he? <laughs> yes. So it's not wise to try and challenge him in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, gym work. You talk about gym work. I mean, is it is it sort of heavy weights, light weights? I mean, give us some specifics about the sort of gym work that you do. I don't do a lot of weights, to be honest. I use more body weight stuff, um, mm. and a lot of people do do weights. I just I build muscle very easily. So I'm always terrified to do weights. I don't want to be this big, huge, bulky muscle person. Um, so, yeah, we'll use a lot of body weights. So I could actually do it anywhere. Um, so a lot of the, the Bozu ball, um, stuff on your own body weight, um, a lot of glute work because runners obviously need a lot of glute work. And then we work on areas where I'm weak. Um, so I don't spend huge hours in the gym, but I'm always in there um, tweaking, but just keeping my body working. I think it's – it's part of the, the journey. If you keep little niggers away um, or, or what do they call it, prehab, before you have to rehab. <laughs> That's a good term, prehab, actually. Um, in terms of your age now, so you, I think you just turned 40, is that right? 41. <laughs> <laughs> 41. I mean, do you feel that there is um, that you are stronger as an ultra-distance runner now or do you feel like you're – kind of over the hill, where's your mindset at in terms of your ability? To be honest, and I actually saw my doctor this morning, I was like a little jumping bean, so excited, and he was like, what's wrong with you? And I said, Jim, do you know what? Before this, comrade, in this hectic world from long COVID, it honestly steamrolled me to the fact, even mentally, mentally it was tough, two weeks, three weeks before, I was like, trying to say to Brett, listen, without being mean, this may be my last comrades. I feel like I've got nothing left in me. I'm so tired. Um, maybe it's time to hand the baton over to our children. Like I've had a great career. Um, and then I had the taper and I started to feel a bit better. And then I ran the race and I'm like, oh my gosh, no ways. That was amazing. I loved it. Even though I died and that pain was something I wouldn't want to relive. My fire is reignited. Uh, I'm I could feel like a new person. I feel like my old self. I feel like I've believed in myself again. I got back up there. I think I had no, I didn't know what to expect or what the outcome would be or how I would, how I would go after having been out for so long and long COVID 
And also, I think my, my belief and my confidence took a huge knock with long COVID and COVID in general for not training and running for so long. So now I think my greatest thing I've taken out of this race is that my passion and my fire to carry on is reignited. I'm not ready to, to finish and hang up my shoes just yet. Um, so I think I do have a couple more. Well, I know I do have a couple more years in the ultra. I don't want to go on and on and on forever, to be honest, Mark. I want to do a couple more, and then I want to go and do some different things. My coach has something in his head about Ironman and Kona, maybe. Uh, that's just a pipe dream. I want to just do some fun. I want to also support my children and go on their trips. Because uh, obviously, we all sacrifice a lot. They sacrifice a lot for me to train at this level and race at this level. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have a few more years, and I, I can't wait to see if I can better them. Um, and then, yeah, I, I might try some new things. <laughs> and this uh, final question is sort of going full circle. Uh, when you when you were sort of crawling across that line uh, before, obviously we talked a little bit about how you potentially slipped and fell 400 metres from the finishing line. But when you were crawling across that line, I was able to watch you doing that. You came across the line, you you embraced the the, the woman who finished in, in third place. You got up, your family was there, your daughters were there. Were you completely with it? I mean, it was it was was it just the legs that had given up? But were you were you pretty much your brain wise, you were fine? I was a hundred percent with it. And to tell you the truth, the first when I fell the first time, I was like, get up, Jenna, get up, show these women how women are strong. Show us, show them how when you're at your weakest, you can still get back up and fight and keep going because they're going to have such rough patches during this this cancer journey. And they know that. it's um, And I wanted to show them that I'm at my weakest now. I can't get up, but I will get up and I'll carry on fighting for them. And then that second fall, when I fell again, I saw my children and I saw their faces and Brett looked so heartbroken. I just knew I had to, I had to get there. So when I got to that line and Adele, uh, my teammate, who came third, came and congratulated me. It was just so special that she had waited on that line. And all I wanted to do was get up and get to my children to hug them because that's what I was running towards. I knew they'd be at the finish. I asked them to please be waiting for me no matter where I came. Um, so I was 100% with it. My head knew exactly what I wanted to do. The body was just not playing up. <laughs> or it was playing up. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that last twenty k's you talked a bit about. I mean, what does it take to get through? I mean, twenty k's is a long distance on its own. Twenty k's and your legs are completely broken, and you're also fighting for a top five place. Mentally, that's got to be a, a tough ask to to kind of really push your legs to turn over. Extremely tough. Like like uh, like I've never experienced such a tough last twenty in my life. I mean, when your legs are not lifting and you're going lift and then in, a hill that's not even that big looks like a mountain and you get to it and you're like oh my gosh how am I going to get up and you stop for three walks and your coach starts don't walk and you start running again and then you you've never walked in a race and you're like I'll just do three steps because it's a huge hill um yeah no it's not nice it really is it's it's mind over matter like you just have to focus I, I was just focusing on one step after the other and trying to draw from what I could from the crowd. I couldn't respond to them at that stage, but I could hear and I I could, I, I was 100% there. Just the body mm. was going through an absolute um, tornado. <laughs> I remember you, seeing a friend with three and a half Ks to go. She actually filmed me and she was screaming, your dad would be so proud. And I, I actually got it, I got smiled at her. Um, and she sent me the video and she thought, thought I looked amazing. If only she knew the pain that I was in then, most people would have stopped, I think. 
<laughs> and is it is it pain or just fatigue? Pain and fatigue. Uh, my feet mm. felt like, I don't know, I think I had a bit of a rookie era and my shoes were a bit big and my feet had been sliding a lot, a long, a lot in the shoes. Um, and feet were burning so much. So the pain in that was hectic. And then my quads were cramping. So there was pain, fatigue, I think everything. <laughs> I think it's also the Comrades Marathon. The down, that's all you hear about the down run. And I, I learned that firsthand. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I mean, f with the experience that you have, you know, you, you also accept that the Comrades Marathon, that last 20K is always going to be hard, no matter where you are in the field, I suppose. Well, I guess that's why they say the, the race starts at 60. It's wonderful to 60. <laughs> I got an extra <laughs> five. It was great to 65. <laughs> <laughs> it put me off. If that pain didn't put me off, then, then nothing's going <laughs> Uh, just a final question. I mean, what, what are the, what's always interesting is that we talk a lot about on Runner's World, talk about people having mantras when they run. Do you, do you have a, a mantra or a trick? Some people write things on their hands. Some people write things on their shoes. Some people repeat mantras. Do you have anything like that that you use? Um, I always just say to myself, keep strong. Um, and then when it was going really tough, um, I would I don't know why I keep, uh, when it was going really tough, I'd say, I'm tired, but strong. I'm tired, but strong. I actually heard that from Lindsay Perry's one podcast and it really resonated with me because it's so true. I'm tired, but strong. I'm tired, but strong. Yeah. So yeah, I use those words. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, Jenna, thanks very much for your time. It's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks so much, Mark. I appreciate it. Follow the Science of Sport podcast at SportsSciPod and on Instagram at Science of Sport Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.